So I think it's quite common uh, as we come upon the new ordination season, we'll be getting uh, throughout the world uh, brand new priests from you know, everywhere. I know in our diocese, we're looking forward to two. Um, in Baltimore, I think they've got like four and you know, other various dioceses um, all throughout America. This is soon going to be ordination season in the next couple of weeks. I think it's very common for all of those to be ordained. I know it, it happened to me. Um, but to worry a little bit about the shoes that you're going to fill. You know, like you're obviously going to replace someone. You're, someone is moving out to bigger and better things. And your first assignment is going to be replacing another parochial vicar somewhere. And you, you often wonder, like, am I going to be able to um, fill the shoes of the guys that came before me? Am I going to live up to, you know, the expectation of the people for, for what a priest is and what, how he should be and a guy brand new in ministry? And I have to imagine that St. Matthias shared none of that because what a low bar he was following. Like, wait, you're telling me all I have to do is not betray the Savior? Done. Like, that's the easiest job description in the world. But <laughs> less flippantly, uh, we look and we see that Peter is exercising his ministry as the Pope. He is exercising his leadership among the apostles by saying, okay, so we are missing a brother. We need to elect someone. We need to figure out who is going to be um, with us in this ministry and who is going to take up this mantle. And so he guides the rest of the apostles and he says, all right, here's the criteria that we should do. He even brings in scriptural references to say this is why we should do it. Um, and he, you know, uh, really just shows them like this is how it should be from now on. When we need to do something, we need to first pray to the Holy Spirit. We need to figure out what God wants and then we need to do that. Because he's very clear that in the Acts of the Apostles, he's very clear that this is the man that God has first chosen, and they are going to confirm that choice. You, Lord, you know the hearts of all. Show which one of these two you have chosen. So it's very clear that Peter is not trying to choose anyone based on, on popularity, not the one that they think should be chosen, but they want to do the Lord's will. They want to choose the one that the Lord has already um, chosen to take up this, this ministry. And it's just listening to the reading um, as Sister read it, you know, hearing that there are over 120 people there. So ostensibly, 120 people that they could choose from. And it comes down to these two. And then it falls to Matthias. And he fits the, the qualifications of having been with them since the very beginning. Um, now, in, in my reading and research, there's talk that at least one saint put forth this theory. St. Clement said that um, in one of his writings, he drew the connection between Zacchaeus and becoming Matthias. Um, so after Zacchaeus got down from his tree and had the Lord at his table, um, I guess he underwent a name change, but uh, St. Clement at least draws that. There, there's not really much more information we have about him, so it's plausible. We don't know, but we do know that in the scriptures it says he was there from the beginning and he was witness to the Lord's resurrection. So his qualifications are that he's been there from the start um, and that he's also with them now after the resurrection as well. Now, what do we know is that he, he eventually becomes martyred. Uh, the best account we have is that he is stoned, but not to death, and then they behead him. 
So one wasn't enough. They had to do two forms of martyrdom with him. But um, before all that happens, he lives a life that is joy-filled. He lives a life of teaching and preaching um, that is full of joy. And so how can we say this? Because I just said we don't know much about him. But uh, we do know this because the Lord tells us directly, I have told you this so that you might have so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. So it is the, the mark of a Christian, if we are truly living a Christian life, to be full of joy, to be completely joyful. And if we're not, we're doing something wrong. Now, joy, don't get confused, is not happiness. Joy is a disposition of heart, where happiness is a fleeting feeling that can change as quickly as the wind. But joy, to have joy, it's a sustainable disposition. And the Lord promises us this joy if we keep his commandments, if we love one another as he has loved us. Um, and so we can absolutely say without question that St. Matthias was a joyful man. Joy in the face of hardships, joy in, in the good times and in those rejoicing times when people are um, accepting the gospel, but nonetheless full of joy because this is what the Lord promises us. Now, that, that line in particular, I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete, is probably one of, if not my most favorite line in all of the scriptures. I just, I love the idea that not only was Jesus himself very joyful, but that he also wants to share that with us and that we partake in a divine attribute of the Savior when we choose to be joyful. So, as we continue to celebrate this Easter season, we celebrate the feast of St. Matthias, the first among the chosen apostles after the original 12. Um, we choose this day to live with joy and the joy of being a Christian, knowing that even when we face hardship, we face isolation, we face you know, all these things that we're enduring now as a, as a global community, um, we may choose to be joyful or pessimistic. But when we choose to be joyful, we follow the words and example of Christ. So let us today choose joy.